Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Joining us now from ESPN, producer of Game Day and, uh, let's see, uh, handicapper and uh, UM alum, former sports information department member as well. Uh, joining us, the Bear, Chris Felica. Chris, good evening. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well. I enjoyed my trip back down to South Florida this past weekend and Certain, something tells me that we'll probably be uh, catching up with the Canes again down the road uh, next week and maybe even after that. Yeah, what would you think of your Hurricanes? Well, it was, uh, I don't want to say a shot. I was a little surprised that they handled Florida State with as much ease that they did because, you know, typically in these rivalry games, when especially you look at uh, one team supposed to blow the other team out. I mean, look back at that game a couple of years ago where Florida State was really struggling uh, in Willie Taggart's first year, and uh, that was the Miami team coming off the, the great year in 2017, and, and that game was a massive struggle uh, for Miami. But uh, the, the talent gap between Miami and Florida State right now is something that, I, I mean, I never thought it. Uh, you asked me last year, like, if I would have thought the talent gap between Miami and Florida State would be what it is right now and i would have i would have called it crazy but uh it's amazing what a, what, a, what a quarterback does and what some good special teams and uh getting a, and a new offensive coordinator that uh is getting a lot of plays in running a lot of tempo and uh, getting the ball in, in the hands of a lot of different players i mean uh, they may not have like the best wide receiver core in terms of, like five stars in the country but uh, uh they got guys who fit the scheme pretty well so it's certainly a a, a very pleasant thing to see you guys did a nice job with a feature on Derek King on game day. Uh, you saw him in person. What are, you, what are your thoughts about Derek making that move from Houston to Miami and how well he's played so far? You know, it, it's funny because before the year where we were talking on college game day and some of the other shows that I that I did prior to the year, I said, I said, Red Lashley and Derek probably won't have the type of impact uh, on, a, on a national level that uh, Joe Brady and Joe Burrow did together at LSU, but, but that, that's something to, to pay attention to. Like if you're looking for a, a, a team with a, with a quarterback offensive coordinator combination that could take a huge step forward, but Miami certainly uh, fit that bill and through three games, they, they certainly have. I mean, the, the best thing about King is that he can beat you with his feet. If, if, the, if, the, if the pass isn't there and guys are covered, he's not afraid to take off and run it. But at the same time, he's not a run-first quarterback where he's just going to run if his first option is gone. He's got a really good ability to see the field and get the ball in the hands of his playmakers. And at the same time, he, he's so comfortable 
in that up-tempo type offense. I mean, look at look at the end of the Louisville game through the, the first half of the performance. They scored in 11 straight possessions. I mean, it's incredible efficiency uh, by an offense that the last couple of years had really, really struggled. So it, it just goes to show uh, how much fun and, and how enjoyable and how successful uh, this team can be with the, with the quarterback who, who can make plays. Yep. Uh, they are fun right now. They are fun. Their defense played really well the other night. Uh, so uh, they're in good shape going into the Clemson game. We'll talk about that in a moment. Where's game day this weekend? Uh, this week, this weekend, we're going out to Athens for the Auburn Georgia game, which uh, certainly has its uh, storylines in itself. Uh, Georgia didn't look great, uh, especially in the first half of that game uh, at Arkansas. They called a quarterback situation we thought would finally be squared away, but the Dewan Mathis struggled. JT Daniels wasn't cleared, and they finally brought in. Uh, the, the third string quarterback. So uh, Daniels is clear. So we're, we're curious to see if if he'll get the nod this week. And, and, and Auburn's defense played really well against Kentucky. Now I'm not I'm not sure their offense is, is any great shakes right now because I still think uh, the Auburn offense is a lot of Bo Nix throwing off his back foot, throwing it up in the air mm. for grabs and letting Seth Williams come down and get it. But uh, I think you got two really good defenses. And uh, I'm curious. About the biggest thing I'm curious about is what happens. Uh, with the with the Georgia offensive sweep because JT uh, Daniels is clear. Curious behind that offensive line is uh, I'm curious to see if he's successful there. But yeah, two big SEC games between the one that we're going to in Athens and then the Alabama Texas A&M game in Tuscaloosa. You know, it's funny you mentioned Georgia, and uh, so they're on to another offensive coordinator. I think it, was, it might be their third offensive coordinator in three years. And somebody asked me about it. Uh, the other day about uh, Georgia's offense. And I said their offense is dictated by their head coach. He's a defensive-minded head coach. So whoever their offensive coordinator is, he still has a guy to answer to, and that's Kirby Smart. And, and that's and, and I'm glad you said that because I think like the two examples I just gave, look look at Miami. Manny is a, is a defensive head coach. Right. He's let Rhett Lashley do his thing. Uh, Ed Orgeron is primarily a defensive head coach. He realized the need to, to bring in an offensive mind like Joe Brady, completely change things around. Nick Saban did it. He's a defensive-minded head coach, and he brought in Lane Kiffin and Steve Sarkeesian and all these guys. So, like, as soon as a head coach, you, you realize the need to not only bring uh, one of these up-tempo, spread offensive minds in to let them do their thing, uh, that, that's going to be more of the same with Georgia because, because right now I, I just don't know uh, if that offensive line doesn't improve from how they played against Arkansas. Look, it was the first game, and it was a long, weird off season with some some guys who opted out and transferred. So they, they clearly weren't ready to go. I, I'm curious to see how a lot of these SEC teams and what were look ahead games. I think like the, Georgia wasn't looking at Arkansas; they, they were looking to this week at Auburn. A and M wasn't really looking at Vandy. They, they they were getting ready for Alabama. So I, I'm curious to see how how much these teams improve this week, just from week one to week two. We've all had to make adjustments this year in one way or another with our with our broadcast. Uh, so is game day, uh, but the look is is good and uh, the game day is up and running. And uh, how, how do you feel about it so far? How challenging has it been? It, 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 it's been challenging. I'll put it this way: it, it's challenging for our operations and uh, and production team. Who uh, we our producer, our main director. Uh, all of the tape rolls and edits are, are coming from back in Bristol. Uh, we we have a very small group of people uh, that are traveling in addition to the to the people you see on the set. So in, in terms of the, the operations, people getting 
everybody in the right place and making sure they're following proper uh, ESPN and local uh, protocols. That, that's the toughest thing for me. The, 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 the toughest thing is just kind of having to get to site and just kind of sit in the room. Uh, we, we're, we're told that we really are not uh, allowed to be going out and dinner and whatever. Everything's kind of order out room service, just, just things like that. To just uh, mitigate, to just mitigate and uh, keep the number of people we're interacting with. Uh, at a minimum, so but it, it, it is strange once when you get out to the set and you don't see a lot of people and you don't see signs. It, it, it's a little weird, and, and then the natural reactions that we usually get during the show with some comments that are made and pieces. Uh, you don't get those. Like once the, the show is on, and I'm, I'm kind of listening and watching and following along. It kind of feels normal and it kind of feels right. Obviously, last week was a, a totally different situation with Kirk having to to be at home, and and we're expecting and hoping that uh, he'll be back this week. So that that'll that that was that was a, actually a tougher dynamic than I would have thought last week. To having uh, not only Coach Corso in Orlando via remote, having Kirk via remote, and only having. Uh, the three guys on the set. That that was a little weird. So hopefully we can perk back this week and, and things will be a little bit more normal. You know, you're right. It has been uh, – it, it's bizarre before the game. It was odd for me to drive into the parking lot at Hard Rock Stadium, no tailgates, no Miami fans going crazy with Florida State, very quiet, very subdued. But once the game starts, it's football. And uh, whether it's the NFL or the NBA in their bubble or college football, guys are playing. And, and so once the game, once we get to the games, we are having games. And uh, and I'm thankful that we got the ACC and the SEC came back. And uh, hopefully here soon the Big Ten and Pac-12 will get revved up. And uh, we've got college football. And for me, I think for many others, that's pretty good. It, it is because I, I think if you look at two or three months ago, I think there was a point where uh, with what was going on in the country – with some of the infection rates, that there was there was a thought that we might not be where we are, and I'll give the SEC and the ACC and the Big Twelve and Notre Dame a ton of credit for kind of waiting it out and using time as their friend, saying, "Okay, we're not going to cancel. We're going to push this thing back." three, four weeks and, and give ourselves more time, realizing that there was probably going to be a spike on their campuses when, when students returned, and, and it kind of gave, bought them more time to maybe have certain players on their teams, and maybe they do get infected, and it kind of runs its course, and it, was, it wasn't going to allow them to, to miss as many games and maybe run through their team. Uh, and at the same time, it, it, look at, look at, the, look at the, the country, though, like the college football fans. Like it, it's, a, it's a sport that is really life for a lot of people, and I think without that hope and without that, I always call it dangling a carrot, but without the realization that you're not going to have any college football and we're going through everything that we're going through in the country, that, that would have, I, I think, psychologically and mentally put, put a lot of people in, in a bad place. So I, I think the fact that uh, these conferences say we're going we're gonna to do whatever we can to get on the field and play so as long as it's safe. And if, if it means waiting a month, we're going to do that. Uh, they, they, the, the, the SEC, the, the Big 12, and the and, and um, ACC, SEC, Big 12 really did a really good job in just realizing that hey, we need football on a lot of different levels in this country. We're going to do whatever we can to play it. Uh, so if, if Clemson wins on Saturday against Virginia – what are the chances that Miami gets up on, ends up on game day again? 
Oh, that, if Clemson beats Virginia, I'd say it. I guess nothing is 100 percent in this in this day and age, but I, I would say it's probably as close to 100 percent as you could ever imagine. And, and it's interesting because I, I think there's a genuine feeling throughout uh, the country this year. Remember how a couple of years ago people were just getting tired of Alabama, and there's a little Alabama fatigue. I, I think with how well Miami has played early in the year, with how well what people expect from North Carolina. Um, with Virginia Tech getting off to a good start, I, I think there might be this little like growing feel that you know what, maybe for the first time in a few years, it's not a foregone conclusion that yeah, Clemson's going to go to the SEC title game and, and win by five touchdowns like they have the last couple of years. So, so, so I, I think in a strange way, uh, the, the nation's kind of looking at Miami, looking at Virginia Tech, looking at, look at maybe Notre Dame, and and just saying, hmm, like, okay, maybe maybe this is a year where a couple of years where Alabama didn't get in the playoffs last year for the first time. Maybe this is a year where Clemson could get knocked off. Notre Dame, uh, Brian Kelly says they should be back in operation uh, next week. They have a bye week this week. They had some uh, COVID issues. They figured it out. They they believe they figured it out, and it looks like they'll be back in operation uh, next week against Florida State. Uh, Miami has a, a week off. Uh, before we let you go, how about the ACC? Uh, I look at the the teams in the league this year. Look at the talent, uh, quarterback talent, running back talent. Uh, ACC has got some good teams, really good teams, and some uh, darn good talent. This might be a year where, as you mentioned, that maybe outside of Clemson, or maybe uh, if it's not Clemson, maybe there will be a team in the ACC that that makes a run. But I, I think this conference is going to be really, really competitive this year. It is because we, we, we've hit on the teams with all the offensive players and the quarterback. We, we haven't even mentioned Pitt. I mean, they have a couple of offensive issues of their own, missing some field goals. And Pickett isn't certainly an upper echelon quarterback. I mean, but that defense is going to cause a whole lot of problems for pretty much anybody they play in the ACC this year. I mean, secondary is really good, and, and that's really what's helped the defensive line get, what, seven sacks? Uh, in consecutive games, I think they have, what, 19 sacks in three games. Yeah. So uh, they're doing a great job defensively. And I think Narduzzi finally has his team the way he wants it. And uh, it, it, some of these offenses that run that, that cross up with Pitt there, uh, I think they're going to be in for a long day and really not find themselves uh, having a ton of success. So, yeah, in addition to those teams, we mentioned those quarterbacks. Pitt is certainly a team that is not to be taken lightly in the conference this year. Chris, as always, you're a great guest. I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to join us. By the way, what do you think the line's going to be on Miami and Clemson? I would say probably, they, they, what are they? Clemson's like 28 or so against Virginia this week. I, I think the year Miami played Clemson a few years ago in the NC Style game, I think that was 15. So I'd probably think it would be, be around 17 or so, would probably be uh, a preliminary guess. Uh, probably maybe a couple of points more being that it is at Death Valley. But at the same time, uh, I think the Vegas bookmakers are really struggling with what to do with home field advantages here and how much to, to really wait. It's, I, I'd say 17 would be my early guess. Well, if, I, if my memory serves me right, now Clemson has demolished Miami the last two times they played. But the last time Miami went to Clemson, the Hurricanes were a winner. Yep. And, and remember, too, when, when Clemson went to 
to Syracuse and, and lost. They were three, four touchdown favorites. So when Pitt beat them uh, that, that one time, they were like a 25-point favorite. North Carolina was a 20-something point uh, dog last year when they nearly pulled the upset. So these upsets happen. Look at look at Kansas State over Oklahoma last week and look at some of the other teams that nearly pulled upsets. It, 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 there are no foregone conclusions, uh, especially this year. So Alcus is potentially going to see Miami a, a three-score dog uh, next week against Clemson. That does not mean that uh, why, why, why play the game. Crazy things happen in the sport. No question. All right, well, thank you very much for being with us tonight. Really appreciate it. Hopefully, uh, Hurricanes give you a great show in two weeks, and maybe we'll see you back down here uh, before the season is over. This week, we'll be keeping an eye on uh, game day with Alabama and Georgia. And again, thanks very much for being with us tonight. Absolutely, Joe. Take care. Have a great weekend. All right, take care. That's uh, Chris Felica from ESPN, producer of ESPN Game Day. And uh, Chris uh, attended the University of Miami, worked in the sports information department. The Bear turned out to be a big superstar and uh, joining us here on the show. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.